Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned once again to this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. We're so glad for all of our listening family right there in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia, and we're especially glad uh, to be part of the broadcast family right here on WMAF. And we're glad for those of you that hear this broadcast by computer anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world that you're connected to the World Wide Web. And we're so glad for those of you that have come to our website and have downloaded these teachings. These these broadcasts are, are uh, uh, situated in such a way that uh, you can use them for a good Bible study, a sequential Bible study. We certainly don't exhaust all of the subjects that we teach and preach and talk about, but we do give an overview that I believe will help you get into the Word of God and, more importantly, help the Word of God to get into you and get into me. Praise God. We need God's instruction in these last days, in these perilous times. We need to hear His voice, heed His warnings, so that He can keep us safe and secure and bring us through these perilous times uh, with victory until his very coming hallelujah well let's let's get ready to go to god's word today psalm 137 verses 1 through 4 psalm 137 verses 1 through 4 on the subject believers in babylon believers in Babylon, and we want to talk about the tragedy of God's people in the world's grip, and how to extract ourselves from it, and be that that chosen people, that 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 people that are distinctively different from the people that don't know Jesus as their Savior, not in a self-righteous sense, but in an understanding of the difference that it makes when you truly know the Lord and follow Him. What a freedom there is. What a hope there is. What powerful living we can live when God can have His way in us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, before we go to the, the, the text that we have declared today, I want to invite you to come to our website if you would like to. We just got through celebrating last week. Uh, uh, 41 years as senior pastor of the Holy Church of God Incorporated, an affiliate of Independent Assemblies of God since 1974, right here in Tampa, Florida, where this gospel originates. And and uh, we're just so very, very glad uh, that you are part of the listening family right there in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia. And we welcome you today uh, to, to communicate with us if you would like to, if you uh, appreciate this broadcast. We're trying our best to be faithful uh, servants of the Lord as long as we have strength and the ability to do it. And we pray in the name of Jesus that you are being blessed. And if you would drop a note, a letter, a phone call to WMAF there in Madison, I'm sure they would be glad to hear from you. And let them know that, that you appreciate the programming. Not just this broadcast, but other ministers 
local ministers right there in Madison where their churches are available for you to come and enjoy uh, fellowship with fellow Christians and, and enjoy the teaching and preaching of God's Word. Amen. So drop them a line. And if you would like to leave us a comment, uh, you can do it through the station. Give them something to send to us or to tell us. Or you can come to our website. There's a place that you can leave a comment on our website. Type in T-H-C-O-G. That's T-H-C-O-G. And that will take you to the Holy Church of God right here in Tampa, Florida. All right. Having said that, let's begin this study on believers in Babylon. The tragedy of God's people in the world's grip. I heard a a preacher recently on the radio. He made a comment. It's very disturbing, but it's very true. The comment he made was, if you examine the life of Jesus, you will find in order to share the gospel with others, he would rather go and eat like he did with Zacchaeus with an authentic sinner than to go and eat with a disingenuous Christian or saint. Amen. He would rather be around someone that was real and and give them the opportunity for their life to be changed than to be around someone that was putting on uh, a, a showcase of their religiosity with no true relationship with God. Today, if you're not a Christian, please be our guest. Amen. If you, if you are sincere in your heart about finding God's truth and heeding it when you find it, God has something to say to you today. Listen to me very carefully. This teaching is addressing uh, this idea that you can just go to church and not follow Jesus Christ. That you can come out of church on Sunday and blend with the world all week long and everything will be all right. Yeah, I don't have to tell you it's not all right with God. Amen. And I don't have to truly tell you if you're honest, it's not all right in your heart and it's not all right in your life. Listen to what the Bible said on this particular subject in Psalm 137, 1 through 4. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And verse 4 said, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? It's no wonder they couldn't sing the Lord's song. They were covenant people in captivity. They were out of their element. Zion, their home, was no longer their home. They were carried captive into Babylon. Now, to understand the background of the story, remember that the children of Israel had been carried away into captivity by the Babylonians. Now, the reason they'd been carried away was not because of their weakness, but because of their wickedness. They had fallen away from the living God, and God had allowed their defenses to be broken down 
and used a pagan nation to bring them to their knees, to break them, and to bring them to repentance. Now that should not surprise us, because Babylon always leads to barrenness. Babylon always leads to bitterness, and Babylon always leads to brokenness. That is, if you're a child of God, the only people who are happy in Babylon are Babylonians. You know, that's a sermon in a sentence, isn't it? The only people who are happy in Babylon are Babylonians. But if you are a covenant child of God, you will never be fulfilled, you will never be happy in Babylon. You do not belong in Babylon. You belong in Zion. It is a picture of the world in all of its immorality. The name Babylon means confusion. Now, these people were in Babylon, but their hearts were in Zion. They were weeping. They were weeping because they remembered Zion in verse 1. They could not get Zion out of their minds. One translator says Zion was imprinted upon their minds. Zion is another name for Jerusalem. The name Jerusalem literally means city of peace. There was a time when these people lived in God's capital city. Because they were right with God, they were holy. And because God was right with them, they were happy. There are two major cities in the Bible, and they're totally opposite, and yet, in a strange way, magnetically attracted. There's Babylon, the hellish city, and there's Jerusalem, the holy city. There's Babylon, the seat of wickedness, and there's Jerusalem, the source of holiness. The people of God had been transported from Zion to Babylon. You know, they asked him to sing a song. Why did they do that? Bible scholars tell us that, that you had never seen joy, never known the sound of joy, until you had heard the covenant people, the Jewish covenant people of the old covenant, celebrating when they were right with their God, when they celebrated their holy days, the joy was so absolute. Their songs of joy, nothing could match it. No wedding, no great event in any nation had the sound of such celebration as when God's people were right with Him. And even those who were taking them into captivity had heard of their songs of praise, their celebrations of joy in the presence of their God. And that's why they told them, we would hear a song of thee. We want to hear you praise your God. Friend, when you're right with God, you, you, you have a praise in your heart. You have an attitude of gratitude in your heart, and you don't have to be prodded into praising Him. It isn't just an emotion emoting from your emotions. It is a spiritual joy welling up on the inside of you. Praise God. Listen today. If you're a believer in Babylon, there's an inescapable sadness 
They were out of their element when they were taken down into Babylon. They were out of their element when they began to worship and bow to other gods that brought on this captivity. They were away from their God, not just their city, but their relationship with God was broken. And I'm going to say it again. If you or I, if we are a believer in Babylon, there's an inescapable sadness. Verse 1 said, By the rivers of Babylon we sat down, we wept, when we remembered Zion. After all of these years, 41 years of pastoral ministry, I can tell you straight up, there are, there are phony believers who do not have a problem with Zion on Sunday and Babylon the rest of the week. A.W. Tozer addressed this growing trend in this sobering but true statement. And I quote, Christianity is so entangled with the world that millions never guess how radically they have misled the New Testament, missed, I'm sorry, the New Testament pattern. Compromise, he said, is everywhere. The world is whitewashed just enough to pass inspection by blind men and women posing as believers. That is strong language, but that is substantiated truth by all of the the different uh, uh, gauges that we use, the questionnaires we send out. We see a trend today that that that. The, the faith that was once delivered unto the saints is not being espoused with the passion and the devotion and the dedication that is necessary to keep it. They don't miss Zion because they've never been there. They've never known true freedom. They are content to live in bondage. They confuse going to church with coming to Christ. And friend of mine, if you've never ever come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, as one man said it, sitting in church on Sunday won't make you a Christian any more than sitting in your garage will make you an automobile. It's different with a true believer. Anyone who has truly been born again has become a new creation. The Bible said of him, old things have passed away and all things have become new. You know why? Because Zion is imprinted on his or her mind. There's no happiness, nor contentment, nor fulfillment, nor hopefulness, no peace, nor true purpose without being right with God. We will always remember Zion because Zion is real and we are the authentic citizens of God's holy city. Sin and compromise is always synonymous with the loss of joy and of singing. I have never met in all of these 41 years of ministry, I have never met a happy, fulfilled backslider. Someone who knew the Lord and fell back into sin and fell away from God and tried to find fulfillment in a world that deep in their heart they know they are not a part of and do not belong. Secondly, these believers in Babylon were not just sad because they of where they were in bondage in Babylon. They were sad because why they were there. Jeremiah 25, 
1 through 11. I'm going to read a paraphrase of that. It's so practical and personal. Listen to what Jeremiah said uh, in these verses of Scripture, chapter 25, verse 1 through 11. This message for all the people of Judah came to Jeremiah from the Lord during the fourth year of Jehoiakim's reign over Judah. This was the year when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon began his reign. Jeremiah the prophet said to the people in Judah and Jerusalem, For the past twenty-three years, from the thirteenth year of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah until now, the Lord has been giving me his messages. I have faithfully passed them on to you, but you have not listened. Again and again the Lord has sent you his prophets, but you have not listened or even tried to hear. Each time the message was this, Turn from the evil road that you are traveling, from the evil things that you are doing. Only then will I let you live in this land that the Lord God gave unto you and your ancestors forever. Do not make me angry by worshiping the idols that you have made. Then I will not harm you. But you would not listen to me, says the Lord. You made me furious by worshiping your idols, bringing on yourself all the disasters you now suffer. And now the Lord Almighty says, Because you have not listened to me, I will gather together all the armies of the north under King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, whom I have appointed as my deputy. I will bring them against this land and its people and against the other nations near you. I will completely destroy, and you shall make an, and make you an object of horror and contempt and a ruin forever. I will take away your happy singing and laughter. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will no longer be heard. Your businesses will fail, and all your homes will stand silent and dark. This entire land will become a desolate wasteland. Israel and her neighboring lands will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. Now you may think to yourself, if God really loved them, He would not have done that. Quite the contrary. It is because God loved them that God did do that. For we read in Jeremiah 24 and verse 5, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, like these good figs, so I will acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans for their good. For their good. Listen, God has a choice when He's dealing with His covenant people to send judgment upon them and destroy them, or to send correction, chastisement to them, to bring them back to a place of repentance where He can restore them. And that was the purpose of what was occurring in the, the nation of Israel at this time. Corrective chastisement was occurring so that they would come back and they would repent and He could restore them. Now for the good news. If you're a believer in Babylon and you're experiencing the bitterness and the barrenness, it will lead you to brokenness which is the first step toward repentance and restoration. Let's look at these principles. I want to read these from uh, the book of Psalm. A Psalm of David when he was talking about his sin, his repentance, his forgiveness, and his restoration. 
Psalm 32, verse 1 through 11. He said, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, in whose spirit there is no deceit. Listen to verse 3. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Selah. This is the barrenness. This is the bitterness. Satan promises us freedom and, and fulfillment and, 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 and this sense of happiness and ecstasy. But only barrenness and bitterness follows when we disobey and we rebel and we find ourselves caught up in sin's deadly web. Verse 5 says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up mine iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave me the guilt of my sin. Selah. Here's the brokenness and the repentance that the barrenness and bitterness brought David to. Listen, if you're experiencing barrenness and bitterness today, and you allow that to cause your heart to break and to ache for that restored relationship with God, and you decide to repent, and you decide, amen, to follow Jesus once again, and you confess your sin and acknowledge it to God. The Bible said that a great restoration is going to be given you. Verse 6 through 7 says, Therefore let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble. Surround me with songs of deliverance. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen carefully to me today. I don't know how the message of repentance has taken on such a negative turn and negative spin today. Amen. It is such a positive, powerful event that occurs when anyone who recognizes they've drifted away from God and they begin to be broken in their heart and they repent of their sin and God begins to restore. Hallelujah. Listen to how God responds to, to those who do this. He said in verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Don't be like the horse or the mule which has no understanding, but must be, must be controlled by the bit and the bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in Him. Rejoice in the Lord, and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Ah, oh, friend, David got his song back. The joy has returned. He has, he has traded the barrenness of Babylon for the beauty of Jerusalem. Someone has said every true revival has been accompanied by joyous singing. Why? 
Because when we repent of our sin, that weight of guilt is lifted from us. Hallelujah! And that joyous anticipation of future good through God's restoration... It just floods the heart, the mind, and the soul. Peace with God brings the peace of God into our hearts and into our lives. You see, friend, God's plan for rebellious Israel was not her destruction, but her instruction. Love is intact. From the first day of captivity, it was God's plan to save a nation, to restore the joy of salvation, to renew the songs of deliverance. Hallelujah. I want to read that to you from Psalm 126, verses 1 through 6. It said, When the Lord again turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, <laughs> and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord had done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as streams in the south. They that sow in tears will reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Matthew Henry commented on these verses of Scripture. It says, Those who sow in the tears of godly sorrow shall reap in the joy of a sealed pardon. I want to read that again. Those who sow in the tears of godly sorrow shall reap in the joy of a sealed pardon and a settled peace. They that sow in tears shall have a harvest of joy. Praise God. Hallelujah. When God's people are sorry for their sin and they seek the Lord with tears of repentance, when we decide to truly follow Jesus Christ and not just go to church, when we uh, invite and embrace conviction as God's loving watch care over our souls, when we set our hearts on things above and not the things beneath, when we look for Christ's coming and live a life of separation and holy anticipation, God will turn the captivity of Zion. Sin's bondage will be broken and Satan's lies exposed and the world system defeated Hallelujah. Amen. And the world will, will, will absolutely see the authentic faith represented through the dedicated Christians who follow Jesus. If you found yourself in the grip of the world, dear friend, tragedy can turn to triumph. If you turn your heart toward home, you can sing the songs of the Lord once again. Hallelujah. You and I today, can, through repentance, can experience God's restoration and deliverance. And the heart that is filled with heaviness like David's was when he held his peace, when he didn't do business with God and get that sin forgiven. Hallelujah. Praise God. He couldn't find happiness in any of the, of all that being a, a king 
could give him. All that having riches and wealth and influence, none of it meant anything without peace with God and the joy of the Lord. Ah, but when God restored him, God gave him a song. Hallelujah. A song of praise. We used to sing one of David's psalms of victory. He lifted me from the miry clay. He put a song in my heart today. A song of praise. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that I have a song of praise in my heart today because my sins have been forgiven. And I know that God is for me and God is with me. And no matter what tomorrow holds, I not only know who holds tomorrow, I know who is upholding me and holding my hand. Oh, dear friend, if you don't know Jesus today, you have no covenant with Him. The Scripture is true. We're without God and without hope in this present world. And I urge you today to come to Christ. There's a blood covenant that will cover you. If you confess your sins, He will forgive them and cleanse you and set you free. And if you're a Christian today and you've been drifting and the songs of salvation are no longer your heart's song, come home today. Come home today. Come back. Repent of your sin and let Him cleanse you and fill you with joy. Ah, oh, friend, this is going to be a great year for those who hear and heed God's message and respond to His call. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus? Jesus.